Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best free fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the entire internet. Go check them out, HashtagBasketball.com, and ThriveFantasy.com. Do you like daily fantasy? Do you like prop betting? I do. I love prop betting. Uh, I'm making a lot of money on those points, assists, rebounds for guys who they think don't play, like uh, Alfred Payton. I love prop betting, but I also like daily fantasy. And if you want a new way to play daily fantasy, Thrive Fantasy combines those two. If you use the promo code WTB, you'll get $20 off, or no, you'll get $20 extra. And you deposit $20 or more dollars. When you sign up at thrivefantasy.com using that promo code WTB, get them out as well. I am your host, Mike Katrin. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, it is finally 2021. We're here. How was your New Year's? Did you have a did you have a nice New Year's, Michael? You know, a lot of people said we couldn't make it to 2021. Um, I uh, a lot of people didn't, which is pretty messed up. Uh, I had a, I had a nice, I had a nice New Year's, and uh, I hate to break it to everybody. Uh, it feels, it feels, still feels like 2020, and I, I think it's going to still feel like 2020 for quite a while. I really, uh, I drank a lot. If that's what you're asking. Well, I mean, I think that's that's your go-to, isn't it? I do uh, in, enjoy uh, drinking and recreational drugs to uh, have me forget about what's going on in the world. And so, yeah, you know, what better way to send 2020 off? Yes, it was a strange year. Um, unfortunately, 2021 may also be one. Yeah, how was your New Year's, Tyler? Um, can't complain, can't complain. I ate entirely too much food, but other than that, um, it was good. There's nothing wrong with eating too much food and indulging in vices during this time. And um, speaking of vices... Um, you know, I don't have a segue for that. Uh, we're doing buy low and selling high. I guess exploiting other people should be considered a, a, a vice. No, yeah, no. It actually, no, it should be considered illegal um, and be punished by uh, the law, but not in fantasy basketball, which is what we are trying to do here, Tyler. We are in week two. We are almost in week three, and you know, we, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, I'll go from house to house beating people over the head with it. Do not make any drastic moves with anybody you drafted in your first seven rounds of your draft. Don't make any drastic moves. Do not drop uh, Nurkic. Don't, don't do it. Um, do not, do not drop um, Kelly Oubre or Bob Covington what, or Clint Capella. I've seen that. I've seen that in multiple leagues, Tyler. What was some of the craziest stuff you've seen already? People panicking. Oh man, I I unfortunately get the questions every day about you know trade this person, drop this person, you know just just don't do it. Yes, D'Angelo Russell's been bad. Yes, he hasn't made a free throw, but it's fine. It's fine. Zion's been bad. I mean, he can't make a free throw either. Don't worry about that. Like, there's no reason to panic really on anybody. Some of these players don't even look the best. And then Mike and I think talked about this you know before the show even started, but. I'm not super worried about anybody I drafted in the top 60. Like, I don't care. I don't care how bad you even look. Maybe you're out of shape. Maybe you're, you know, just coming back from a, a little injury. Maybe, you know, you're just whatever, whatever. I think 
all those players are going to be fine eventually. Um, it might just take some time. Yeah, I think, in fact, uh, you know, this is kind of a weird buy low, sell high. We're also going to talk about the injuries going on like that. But, like, just in the last few days, this list has shifted for me. Like, DeAndre Ayton was in my buy low um, category, along with CP3. He, I think he was in uh, one of your buy lows uh, that, that we were talking about just a couple days ago. But um, both of them had one good game where they both looked like they had finally figured out how to run pick and rolls with each other. Now they're like I don't think anyone's talking about buying low on them. They're that now they're just like oh yeah this is who these guys are going to be. And I think we knew that, but I think a lot of other people were starting to panic on both of those players because they probably spent a second or third round pick on them. Yeah, and the, and the thing with Paul was like he he's still really just not getting many steals, and then, you know we talked about that being one of the staples of his value, and he's not he's shooting terribly from the field. That that doesn't ever stick for Chris Paul, right? Like Chris Paul is one of the craftiest players. He's one of the uh, you know, say what you want about him, but he's he's one of the you know best shooting point guards in the league, and so that's all going to come back eventually. He's an absolute turd, but he's going to figure out how to get things done. And I think a big factor here is the fact there was very little training camp. There was no pre, basically uh, no summer camp. Uh, there was no, there was very very little preseason. These teams have not had a lot of time to um i guess even figure out the rotations or mix and match well or find out where the where a guy likes to get the ball passed to him you know what i mean so like the lead into the 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 season a lot of these games are going to be players on the same team figuring each other out like cp3 and deandre i think they're going to figure each other out like they have time to figure it out so i'm giving a lot more leash to those players that you said in the top 60 that, that I uh, might or might not draft it. I'm getting, I'm giving Kelly Oubre a nice long leash. I'm giving Bob Covington a nice long leash. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge will be fine. I'm not worried about that. You might worry that he's a little bit older. Maybe he doesn't have it still. I think he's fine. Well, and I mean, you look at a guy like Kelly Oubre, like, is he going to shoot f- not 4% from three point range for the season? Mm, probably not. I mean, the guy's taken five attempts a game. He's shooting 40% from three. He's made one out of 25. Um, it's just a shooting slump. And, and some of that stuff's it's simple. You can go, if you, if you really get worried, you can go to NBA stats and look at the shot selection. Like, for a lot of these guys, they're just missing open shots. It doesn't happen very long when you're a really, really good NBA player. But probably happens when you maybe haven't picked up a ball in a while or have been, um, you know, had COVID recently. I don't know. Uh, There's a lot, I think, of noise here that we have to make our way through. Um, This is the definition of small sample size theater. We are barely, barely into the season. So, you know, don't panic like we've been saying. and especially, I think, if you are the victim, um, victim seems like a really um, harsh word. Uh, if, if you happenstancedly drafted a player in a, fan, a fantasy league that has some stakes in it, doesn't really mean you're a victim um, of someone who recently got an injury. So, you know, let's start with Car- uh, let's talk about these uh, the opportunities coming from the injuries uh, to Carl Anthony Towns. 
Jones. Um, we'll start with him, I guess. He's only going to be out for maybe a, a couple weeks, it seems like. Um, I'm not Are terribly they- worried about it. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about this. That's what they've said. Are you going to stick with that? Is that what you? Is that the hill you would like to go to die on, Michael? Not dying on it. I am um, conveying information that I've received from reputable sources. Um, this injury is a little more worrying to me than what they're saying, and we can talk about why that is if you want. But let's do it. Um, so they said, right, like in the little thing, every time that they say, oh, he will not need surgery for this. That always worries me because that means, well, you guys were thinking about him having surgery and now they don't think that he needs it. Right. And so I don't know. They're hoping this gets better, right. Over the next, however many weeks they've said he's out. Um, I'm not sure that it will. And so I think maybe if he does come back, we get a little bit of a less than great Carl Anthony Towns. And if he doesn't come back, I think it could be a surgery thing. And then that may be, I don't want to say that word, but it might end his season. You didn't like the idea that he was going to be evaluated on a week to, it's not a day to day week to week. On the flip side of that, it's a, a, a dislocation that they say that does not need surgery. And on top of that, it's his non-shooting hand. Have we seen guys play with injuries to their non-shooting hand? Yes. Does it hinder their production? Sometimes, yes. Well, and he had this surgery on the other wrist a year ago, right? I believe so. Um, Oh, no, same wrist, different spot, says Woj. Um. There's optimism that this will be a relatively short-term absence for Towns, sources told ESPN. I don't like that, man. I just don't. I think there's something a little fishy there um, that they're not telling us, I think. Regardless, I mean, I'm not selling him for nothing, right? And I, and I don't really know. I, can you sell him at all? Probably not, right? Like, I mean, he's a top 10 player, even at – 95% or 90% and you're not going to get that value back. Yeah. Unless I'm getting one for one value here. Uh, no, thanks. I I'm willing to just die on the, I am willing to die on this hill with current that towns. There's no value in getting, you know, 60 cents on the dollar for Car Anthony Towns right now. But what you can do if you're not, let me, if you're anyone, even if you don't have Carl Anthony towns, um, you can, uh, you know, Find somebody on the uh, Timberwolves who are who are picking up those minutes, and one and one of those guys is uh, Naz Reed, who I I have, uh, am just becoming aware of as a human being. Naz Reed, in Carlisle Towns' absence, has played kind of well. Um, he's yeah, he'd probably be playing better if they could stay in a game. I mean, they've been blown out in all three games that Towns yeah. has missed, and. You know, it's hard to judge the minutes because every game is a blowout, right? Like, what is this lineup going to look like if they're healthy? But I think, you know, Nas Reed's going to play. He's going to block some shots. He's going to get some rebounds. He can score a little bit. Like, he'd like all that stuff. Just let the Wizards – or let the Timberwolves stay in a game. You know, they got blown up by the Wizards, who had not won a game yet. Um, Yeah, so – Yeah, the Wizards Wizards lost to the Bulls. Twice. Yeah. 
That was that was well the one that we probably shouldn't count. I mean, didn't Westbrook and Beal both sit? Oh, I'm I'm not counting that. Um, no, I don't think they both sat. I think one of them sat in one of the games. Westbrook sat, but Beal played. I believe so. Okay, I know they both sat in one of these games. Beal played in both of those games. Okay, which game did Beal not play in then? Against the Magic. Beal's played in every game. I thought Beal sat a game. That was my bad then. Up in, you know, I don't know, like 40 a night, basically 30 a night. Um, yeah, I, I like Nazareed as a, at the very least a streamer moving forward, uh, especially if you're if you're in deep leagues that he should not be on your waiver wire. And I'd say the same thing with uh, a guy who's not like a one for one replacement, but I, I feel like it does open up more playing time uh, all for Malik Beasley as well, even though he's not a center. Well, they, you know, the question is, and they've actually been starting him the whole time. Is you know, they have Rubio now, they have Russell, they have Beasley. Like, who's getting those minutes? They've actually been playing all three of them a fair amount of minutes. Beasley is the scorer, right? I wish he did something else for fantasy. Like, he has not really done much other than score the basketball. But I mean, just for points and threes alone, he's a, he's a great pickup. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be on and off throughout the entire season on somebody's team. Uh, he'll be a waiver wire, one of the waiver wire harlots of the uh, of the year, is my uh, assumption. Uh, a guy that I have in, a, in deeper leagues, Jake Lehman. Uh, I haven't been terribly impressed with him, but I am. Uh, I, I do like him in, in deeper leagues, um, just as somebody who could take up those um, um, those minutes at the uh, three four spots. And I, I don't know. I I would I, I would like to see a little bit more from him, obviously, but I, I like his potential. Fair enough. He's like 27. He's not that young. Um, let's go move on to uh, the jaw. Like the, another devastating uh, injury. Oh, this one. This one seemed like it was going to be a lot worse too. Just the way he, you know, kind of hobbled off the court and then sat there and then had to be like, you know, kind of wheeled out. Um, this one seemed like it might be might be one of those real bad ankle sprains. And I think you know, grade two is not great, but at least it wasn't the most severe. Yeah, I mean, this is still going to see Ja Moran. I I keep wanting to say Ja Rule, which is uh, which is definitely dating me, isn't it, Tyler? Yes, I'm pretty sure Ja Rule hasn't made a new song since we were both children, Michael. Yeah, I um I definitely listened to a lot of Ja Rule and Ashanti at a, at a certain point in my life. All you kids out there, uh, you should go check that out. But Ja Moran um is still going to be out for like almost a month, and what? Well, that sucks. What I think that's done is solidified Dylan Brooks's must roster in standard leagues. He, I think he was already probably um, someone you should have been either looking to pick up or picked up off of your waiver wires. But Dylan Brooks is now going to have to take up more of the offensive load uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies. And I think that solidifies him as, as a, easily as a standard league player. Uh, but what I like is what it's done to Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson's almost turned into kind of the uh, de facto facilitator on this team. I know they're going to play uh, Tyus Jones a little bit more, so his assists are going to go up, but I don't really love Tyus Jones. But I do like, we have liked in the past, Kyle Anderson's game. Oh, yeah, and I think, you know, if you just need assists and steals, I think Tyus Jones is a fine, you know, kind of stream or pickup. But Kyle Anderson's a guy who can get you, you know, 15, 18 points, get you some good rebounds, get you some good assists, get you a steal, get you a block. Like, he's just a guy to really, you know, fantasy-friendly game, and I think people are, are underrating him. I think, honestly, he should be owned. Like, I'm not just talking, like, picked up and streamed. I'm talking 
should be owned in all leagues until at least until Jaron Jackson Jr. or John Morant comes back. And that Jaron Jackson Jr. injury, like, have they said anything about that? Because I have not heard anything since the season began about him coming back at any point. No. I mean, he's coming off of surgery. Like, I have not heard much. I, had, I haven't heard if he's, like, practicing or picking up a ball. I have no idea. So, right now, you got two questionable return injuries. Ride these hot hands. They're going to get the minutes. I mean, Brandon Clark's value goes up, too, I think, a little bit even. Because um, I think they're going to say, hey, well, then let's just play around with the, with the, with the lineup. And Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, they're going to get a bulk of those minutes. So, I, the last, I, I like that. The last – Jaron Jackson Jr. update was at training camp when Dylan Brooks said he showed up to camp maybe two or three inches taller. <laughs> Which sounds like the normal BS that you hear at camp. But that's what's crazy is like literally we've, you know, camp started a month ago now. They've not offered one update of any sort. Uh, that seems like uh, a bad sign. That means he's out for a while, kids. Uh, yeah, and that is that is a shame, but there's nothing really you could do about that as well. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm afraid uh, another injury bug. Uh, you know, T.J. Warren. Uh, I feel like this, the Pacers are always getting an injury. It seems like don't you think? It seems like they're always grabbing another injury. Yeah, I mean, and Warren just it's it's bad because Warren had that breakout last year, and now he's going to miss, as Woj says, a significant portion of the regular season, which is not something you like to hear. Which sounds like all of the regular season, since this season is going to be so damn um, well short. stress stress fracture in your left foot that he had to have surgery on. That those stress injuries with the surgery, yeah, they're always months, not weeks. Yeah. So I, I don't expect him to be back any time soon. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm not sure that really gives anyone a huge bump on this team because I don't like Aaron Holiday and I don't like Doug McDermott. Yeah, Maybe I mean, Justin Holiday. Justin Holiday, But, I mean, he, even him, he doesn't have a great fantasy-friendly game. So it's like, you know, what, what is he really going to do? Like, nothing. Yeah, probably not a whole lot. Uh, Kevin Love being out. Uh, I mean, these two teams just played each other. Um, Kevin Love being out for the Cavs also. Um, just really, really disappointing a calf injury. And it just doesn't seem like he's going to return until like late January, um, which I don't know if they've disclosed like the details about this quote-unquote calf injury. Well, he had it, right? And then he came back, played one game, hurt the calf again. And so I think now they're just in that situation where it's like, okay, well, clearly we tried too soon. We're going to sit you down for a while, hope to get it right, hope you can get back playing. Um, the Cavs might, might be trying to trade love by the trade deadline anyway, so they want him to be healthy at that moment. Yeah, and I think what this does is make Larry Nance Jr. a rosterable uh, player in, in all leagues. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, I mean, if you and if you haven't picked up Darius Garden on the net, you should immediately do that. And actually, Colin Sexton looks really good. I, I watched I watched this Cavs game. I'm like, who's this guy who like is all over the? I'm like, that's Colin Sexton. He's Dude, he's coming to play. The Sexland nickname for that backcourt may be one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, they. I, I think there was a, a very very close to being uh, the gay love. Uh, era in in Minneapolis with uh, with Rudy Gay and Kevin Love, 
but I'll take I'll take Sexland as a as a as a second place to the best combo of names. Um, Garland, I actually think you could probably sell for a really good player right now. I, we talked about the dearth of assists all draft season. He's averaging 7.2 a game. I don't think he's going to average 7.2 at the end of the season. He's shooting 50% from the field. I don't think he's going to do that for the entire season. Um, if you could sell Garland for a guaranteed top 50 player, would you do it? Because I would. Yeah, I think you have to. And I've, I've picked up Garland in a lot of leagues, and then I've already immediately gotten offers – uh, and those offers have been pretty low-balled. Um, but I think you're – I'd rather I, – I have to get somebody in the top 50, top 60 because that could legitimately be Darius Garland's ceiling is is kind of a top 60 player. If he's going to average like six and a half assists a game, uh, and even if he, his percentages go down, which they will, um, I, I still think he's going to be someone who can score and get threes and not be bad at rebounds for a point guard. So, like, overall, he's like – his fantasy game aligns fairly decently with somebody. Um, if he gives the steals over one, you're looking at a top top fifth, top seventy player, top sixty player, and getting six and a half to seven assists a game, you're not going to find that off the waiver wire. Yeah, the steals are really the the big worry there for me. Like, I think the assists are probably a little bit ahead of of where the steals are going to end up being. Like, he only averaged point seven in thirty, almost thirty one minutes last year. If that's if that's the case again, now he's playing 36 minutes right now, and he and there's no reason for him not to play a ton of minutes, but even still, like that might not be one a game, and that's gonna hurt you. Yeah, can a first year player take the leap immediately and uh, go from a 40 percent shooter to a 44 percent shooter? Yeah, that seems reasonable. He's shooting 50 percent right now. That's going to obviously come down. Um, but I don't. I mean, I would be worried about the rebounds and steals. Like where I don't know where those where those came from, but I'm going to ride a hot hand for now and see and get at least a few more games under his belt uh where I can just say, okay, cuz like he's not slowing down. Um and I I think I'd almost rather see a slowdown and sell for an average play, price than, you know, like just sell now and hope hope he stays. Like I almost rather drop him to the waiver wires then get like the 90th best, like Terrence Ross, you know, I'd, I'd rather get somebody off the waivers than Terrence Ross. I'm with you. Here's the other thing to say about anyone for Cleveland. Here's been their games so far. The Hornets, the Pistons, they played the Sixers without Joel Embiid. Then they played the Knicks. Then they played the Pacers and they lost by 20 against the Pacers. They started out with maybe the easiest slate you could have. I mean, they played the Pistons, they played the Knicks, they played the Hornets. They played Philly without their best player. Like some of the, I think all of their numbers are a little inflated right now because it was just a very favorable start for a team that's probably not that good. Yeah, none, none of those teams are actually um, good. So uh, you know, take take it for take it for what it's worth. Um, let's talk about these sell highs. You know, since we brought up Darius Garland, some of the guys that we have in our sell high list here. Um, and some, it's a guy we said just go pick up because of uh, Kevin Love. Is Larry Nance Jr. Larry Nance Jr. is playing incredibly well. Uh, I think if you can get something back for him, I think that's that's a must. Um, a lot of so we we were talking about this before the show, Tyler. Selling high is is it's a tough um, it's a tough thing to do because a lot of players. Um, 
who are familiar with fantasy basketball, they're not going to give you 99 cents on the dollar for Larry Nance. They're not going to give you 99 cents a dollar for Julius Reno, who's playing very well. Um, so, you know, I, I, it's hard to know what to, what to expect um, when, you, when you quote unquote sell high. These are just guys who are overplaying their value. Um, do you think, a better question is probably, do you think these players will continue to be valuable in a, in a top 75, top 80 perspective throughout the entire year is probably a better question. Um, or do you think they will still have the value they're, pers- like they're currently having right now throughout the year? Because you're going to probably get 70 cents on the dollar selling high no matter what. Is it worth the 70 cents on the dollar is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I think, too, that, that sometimes guys miss the, miss the sell. It's, it, and miss the buy, for that matter. Really, all I want to do is get the player for more value or less value than I think he's worth. So if I'm selling him, I want to get more value than I think you're worth. If I'm buying you, I want to get it at a lower value than what I think you're worth for the rest of the season. Here's the other part that most people don't understand. What, happened, what, what has happened makes no difference to you. You're not getting those stats, right? So the fact that someone's shooting 32% from the field doesn't really matter to you because you are not acquiring those stats, right? So sometimes when I, when I think about selling a player, it's just, okay, what value is this player going to have for the rest of the season? I don't really care what value they've had from you know the beginning till now yeah i like that because um you're 100 correct you're not going to get any of the stats from the guy you you get on your team um you already got the the good stats from this guy you're writing a hot hand that's always a smart move what i like to do is i say all right is this guy um a, a top tier player one of my top four tiers is he a first plateau player and is he a second or a second plateau player just overall in my general rankings all right if he's playing like a top 50 player but i had him in my second plateau like larry nance jr i'm not gonna i don't want somebody from a second plateau to replace him because that's probably what he's gonna end up being ranked at the end of the season or maybe even a tad better somebody in that first plateau or somebody in that you know 50 to 60 range um, you know, as somebody who started out slow, like Thomas Bryant, um, I know Russell Westbrook is stealing rebounds from Thomas Bryant and his rebounds are going to go down a little bit, uh, overall for my projections. I still think he's a first plateau type of player overall. When you, when you, if you care about percentages, ride Larry Nance Jr. for another week and then go look for a Thomas Bryant. Right. And sometimes it's hard. It's harder to do it at the same position, I think. Because guys are like, oh man, I have this guy. He plays that position already, right? So sometimes for me, it's a lot easier to do it for a guard. Like I'm gonna trade a, a big man for a guard or a guard for a big man, because people get a little hazier in their brain. I think when they're thinking about a different position. Yeah, uh, one of the guys that you had as uh, your, one of your sell highs is Miles Turner, who is, I think, blocking about ten shots a game, and he's currently, I think, ranked in the top ten. He is ranked 11th in per game value by our friends at hashtag basketball blocking 4.2 shots a game. Um, The percentages are probably up a little bit from what they're going to be 
He's blocking a ton of shots. He's also averaging two steals a game. None of that's going to happen. Um, the reason I'm selling Turner is, you know, he's been kind of high on that breakout list for a couple seasons. He was actually drafted below where he should have been this year for the first time maybe ever. And I think now there's going to be someone in your league that is getting spicy on him going like, Oh yeah, dude, this is the year he breaks out. He's going to be a top, you know, 20 player, a top 30 player. Like I just don't really see that happening. So if I can sell him for anybody in the first three rounds, I'd probably do it. Also, a lot of people look at overall rankings when they're making these determinations instead of looking at the stats they are going to be getting back. If you are already great at blocks and you have miles Turner, you kind of don't need the, the, the potential, you know, two and a half to three blocks a game that he might be able to provide you. Um, it's nice to have this uh, four, over four blocks a game right now. Keep writing on that. But the reason that he is 11th overall per game is simply because of his current blocks and steals. They are well above averages. He's averaging less than an assist a game. For a center, he's getting less than seven rebounds a game. And granted, he, he hits a, a three every, uh, every game or so, uh, but he scores 11 points. He is being propped up by those you know, rare stats of steals and blocks. Um, and that's making him look like a top 10 player. If you can get back uh, one of those centers that were in, this, in those second and third rounds, or maybe even third round, the, the Vujovic's, the DeAndre Aydens, if you can get back somebody in that range, you're just going to get a lot more back for it. And I think you can because I think a lot of people are starting to say, oh, Miles Turner's as good as all those players. He's finally breaking out. And the fact is, he's just not. He's just getting really insane blocks right now. Indeed. A couple of guys that we had on our sell high list are actually guys, and another like kind of like a complicated thing is that like I think people are saying, man, these guys are overplaying their value. I'm going to sell high on them. And what I like to do is buy guys who I think people are selling high. Uh, they think they're selling high, right? So like DeJounte Murray and DeMar DeRozan, two guys who are over, like playing so, so, so much better than they got drafted, right? But I think a lot of people haven't adjusted their overall rankings of these players. DeMar DeRozan's always underranked. DeJounte Murray, a lot of people think Derek White's coming back. He's going to eat into those minutes, right? Well, that's kind of true, but I don't think that's going to hurt DeJounte Murray very much. So a lot of people are like, I'm going to get 70 cents on the dollar with these guys, and that's going to, I'm going to get the better player. But in fact, I like to trade, like a, give somebody 60 to 70 cents on the, on the dollar for how well they are being uh, currently ranked because I think they are as good of players or better players than the, than the guy that the, the other person is selling high for. And I know that might be like a kind of a, a complex or a not well-articulated uh, concept, but if I think DeMar DeRozan is a top 40 player and I give a top 50 player for him uh, and I, and I feel like I'm getting the better player back, but the other person thinks they're getting like a top 50 player for a guy who's not in the top 50, you're kind of like swindling someone who's selling high. Yeah, and that's probably the easiest way to do it. It's like I buy high sometimes. Like the guy's playing great. This person thinks, oh, I'm going to you know, sell high on him, and I'm buying the person at, at, you know, after they're producing great stats. Because I just think that you know, there's, there's a lot of ways to exploit a market, and that's, that's one of the easiest ones for me. Like, I mean, let's just give a for example here. Like, you know, 
I have DeMar DeRozan, right? I want DeMar DeRozan, and maybe the person I'm giving up is, let's see here, who's the guy? Brandon Ingram. Who do I think is going to be ranked higher at the end of the season, DeMar DeRozan or Brandon Ingram? That's a great one because I think DeMar DeRozan is going to be um, ranked higher, but I think perception-wise uh, in, in the general public, those I, uh, the values are switched. Exactly. And so I might give up Brandon Ingram to get the Marner Rosen because I just think he's going to be the better player at the end of the year. And the other person might think the other way, and that's fine. That's good. That's a, that's a win-win trade as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think we're both buys. Um, you know, buy for, for fair value on DeMar DeRozan and DeJounte Murray. I think they are – I don't know. We need, a, we need like a phrase for what those are, like false sell highs or fake sell highs. Uh, we Buying go with, opposite. I don't know. Yeah, it's we got to get a snazzy name for these types of players because they come up, you know, a handful come up every few weeks or so where someone thinks they're swindling um, somebody by getting rid of DeJounte Murray before Derek White comes back and then DeJounte Murray keeps playing the same amount of minutes and continues to be playing incredibly well for getting crazy rebounds for a point guard. Um, if you have a good uh, phrase for that, hit Tyler up at Tyler P. Watts on Twitter. Hit me up at Watch the Boxes. Let's run through our bylaws. I think a lot of these are fairly obvious bylaws. Um, oh, I got one more buy, buy high, buy, sell high. I'm not sure. So, yeah, just, sell, just, just buy, high. buy high. Just, just high. Just high yeah, right now. You're high on somebody. Um, that is Mr. Jalen Brown, who's been outstanding to start this year. Yes. What are, you, what are you doing with Mr. Jalen Brown? Because I am um, a man of two minds of Mr. Jalen Brown. If I, I have Jalen Brown on in a couple leagues, not as many as I would have wanted to have him in. And he is playing out of his mind. Um, I think this easily could be a breakout season for Jalen Brown. And, um, oh, man, the way he's playing, it kind of looks like that is going to be the case. I'm holding on to him. He's obviously, I mean, I think per game, he's in like the top 20. He's obviously not going to be a top 20 player. Uh, he's not going to shoot, you know, 60% from the field. It's not going to happen. But unless I'm getting a Devin Booker or a, a third round or better player back for him, why would I, why would I move on from a guy who could end up being in those, you know, those fourth round, third round tiers by the end of the season? And that's, like, I think, why I'm buying him, right? Yeah, because I think, like you said, you could give up somebody who's, like, in that borderline plateau area where he got drafted, right? Um, and say, oh, yeah, you know, um, I guess, you know, I'll have to give up uh, uh, Pascal Siakam, I guess, for um, – and Pascal Siakam hasn't been playing that great. But, you know, Pascal Siakam, I think we know who he is at the very least. And that might be a little too high. You might be able to get away with like a Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I mean, he was – so Brown was drafted. If you look at Fantasy Pro's composite ADP, which features Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS, he was 51st overall player drafted. Yeah. There's a lot of guys above him that I'd much – like D'Angelo Russell's ahead of him. I'd rather have Jalen Brown. Like, and that's just one. Gordon Hayward was picked ahead of him. CJ McCollum, Tobias Harris. Like, you might be able to take any of those guys – Get yourself Jalen Brown and have a nice little value there. I like that. I like, he's a very Jamal good, Murray. Uh, that's a guy like I would trade. I would rather have Jalen Brown. I think than Jamal Murray for the rest of the season. I understand Jamal Murray's off to a bit of a slow start, but man, Jamal Murray was going in the top, almost in the top thirty. I think I would. I think I would rather have Jalen Brown as well. Um, there's a, there's a lot of those guys like and I, I we 
we've got to figure out a way like the the buy highs the the buy sell highs we got to get a good phrase for that um i like adding jalen brown to that mix uh let's talk about some of our 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 buy lows um and let's go through the obvious ones we've said we've already i think we've already said a couple of these uh kelly Oubre, he's gonna figure out his shot guys uh, I'm not terribly worried about it. Bob Covington is going to start hitting some threes. Uh, Nurkic is going to, you know, figure it out. I'm not. He's going to refrain from fouling someone. Yeah, I hope so. You know, um, I'm not worried about those three guys at all. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, maybe the asterisk where it's like, well, is is he at the age where it falls apart? But we've been saying that about Mar- Lamarcus Aldridge for like the last six years. So honestly, I I'll let him prove uh, <clears throat> if he, if this is the year he falls off. I might put a little asterisk when I'm like, buy, don't buy him too, you know, don't don't pay too much for him. But I still, he's an obvious buy low. Um, Dude, I've seen I've seen people say that he's he's being dropped in their leagues. That's not happening in my, in my leagues. But um, I bet there there are definitely leagues out there where you could buy Lamarcus Aldridge for somebody like in the seventy five to hundred rank, and maybe even a little bit lower than that. Yeah, definitely. Jimmy Butler is somebody I think a lot of people are scared. Oh, every year, every single year. Well, I know Jimmy Butler is in your set, ranked in your second round, but he always misses games. And, yeah, he's going to miss some games. He's still going to be, per game, way better than everybody else. So, like, to to let him drop into, into that third round and then be like, oh, why is Jimmy Butler beating me every week? Like, oh, because you let him drop into the third round. Now might be the best time to buy Jimmy Butler too because he looked bad in that Dallas game, man. Yeah. He could not buy a shot. He, I don't, I don't, he didn't hit a shot all night, I don't think. And he actually got benched down the stretch when they made their little comeback because he was playing so bad. And maybe they, they brought him back a little too soon from that injury. But, yeah, now might be the best time because he did not look good in that game. Yeah, I would, I'm actually th- – I'm going to throw in – I don't know if he's – like overall, he's ranked fairly well, but like I think a lot of people might not have thought or understood what they were drafting when they drafted OG and Anobi. Uh, they might not have realized they were drafting somebody who scores about eleven points a game. Uh, OG and Anobi scores about eleven points a game. He's still going to get you craziest uh, steals and a block and a three and great rebounds. Like you know, if someone is like, oh man, I would just see test the waters if you you if you know that the person who drafted og and anobi doesn't know what they're doing or isn't terribly familiar with basketball just see what they might give up for og and anobi yeah another guy would buy low on buddy healed like buddy healed just started off bad hasn't been shooting well points are down threes are still at three a game but other than that like his his numbers are just all down a little bit he's a guy you could probably because he's another guy i think who gets underrated because people don't they don't understand what they're buying. Yeah, ab- absolutely. They're like, well, he scores and doesn't do anything else. Why is he ranked so low? They just don't, they, they can't like put the calculation together. Um, a couple of the other ones that maybe uh, are a little, I, I've seen Clint Capella dropped in leagues. What's that about? Uh, Clint Capella is slow, slow coming back from that injury. I don't, I don't get that. Cause Clint Capella is going to be real good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple other buy lows here. Um, you had you you put on Drew Holiday. And I thought I think Drew Holiday is playing fairly decent overall. Over, but I guess if you think he's got another level, this might be a but time to buy. Drew Holiday's the the and we think we talked about this all draft season. Like he was being underdrafted, right? He went forty third in Yahoo ADP, and 
I've been saying the whole time that I think he's a top 30 player. He's 34th right now. Yeah. And I think the numbers only get better, you know, kind of a new situation for him and, and kind of still figuring that out. And so I think he's just a guy that, that you can buy because people are still viewing him as the 43rd best player. And he's really a top 30 player. So this is more like a buy buy. Like this is in the DeRozan Jalen Brown category where you're like, all right, I I'm, I'm grabbing this. I want this guy on my team. I know he's playing, um, you know, a lot of people might be down on him or whatever, but I, I want to pick him up. I want, I want him on my team. Yeah, and that's the, he's another guy, right? People might be thinking, oh, I'm selling high on this guy, and you're just buying. Just, just he's a buy. He's a buy. I like that. Just a, a straight buy. Um, and anyone else? I, I think that we covered all the buy lows, um, at least the ones that I've tracked. I think there's a few, uh, few more obvious ones, just guys who are getting off the slow. Like, I, I don't feel like I need to say, like, Chris Paul got off to a slow start. You know what I mean? Like, you should know not to drop Chris well, and, Paul. And any player that's a big name, you know, like, there's numerous ones that are off to kind of slow starts. You know, Anthony Davis, Luca's numbers yeah. aren't as good as they're going to be. Giannis's numbers aren't as good as they're going to be. But, like, you can't buy that person low. No. Like, you're not buying a top five player low. Like, you're buying a top five player to buy them, and that's fine. If you, you want to pay the price, great. You know, I think all those players are going to be better. But you're not – there's no reason to say that. Like, either go, either want the player or you don't, you're willing to pay the price or you're not. Yeah. Should I should I tell you that LeBron James is better than, you know, barely barely passing the top 50? Yeah. I, I don't think I have to tell you that. Right. And Rudy Gobert, like, there's numerous ones that are just not off to great starts and they're going to be good. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell is going to uh, figure out how to make a basket. He's not going to shoot 30 30- – Five percent for the for the season. I don't I don't think we have to explain this to you. Shea Gilders Alexander, a guy, a lot of people that were reaching on. Um, I would actually let's throw that into the buy low because uh, I think Shea Gilders slow a little bit of a slow start for the season, a little under expectations. I just feel like he just could, he'll only continue to get better. And I think one of the way, great ways to exploit another owner is to say. <clears throat> Hey, you, this guy's pissed because I just paid a second round, third round pick on this guy, and he's not living up to the second round, third round expectations. Well, you, you probably had him as a, maybe a third, fourth round player anyway. So you let him overpay for him, and then you come in and pay an average price for him, and you get him you know, with a, with a fifth round player or fourth round player, which is what you would have got for Shea in the first place. Like, I, I think he's a nice buy low. Oh, I'm with you there. Um, yeah, I think um, I, I don't think I need to mention too many of these other ones. I like, you know, um, I think that's it. Tyler, where can people, uh, you got anything to plug? Oh, now see, you threw me off there. Do I have anything to plug? Uh, plug. I mean, you find my weekly column on hashtag basketball, um, it goes through the schedule, helps you maximize your games played in head to head leagues. So that's always good. Um, if you're looking for anything, Dallas Mavericks, I write for a site called the smoking Cuban about Dallas Mavericks and you'll find, uh, anything you want to know, including, um, why Lucas struggles from three point range are an aberration. Um, that's probably the best article I've written this week. Nice. Um, yeah, go check that out. Get on Twitter and follow Tyler at Tyler P. Watts. You can find me at Watch the Boxes. If you enjoy the show, want to support the show, go to Patreon, patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Subscribe. We've been doing some box score breakdowns there, uh, getting a little bit more in depth. If you want some inner week uh, interaction and you want to go a little bit more in depth than we do, 
uh, on our normal weekly segments that is patreon.com slash watching the boxes shout out to all our patreons out there and uh it's almost week three tyler i can't believe it we'll be back to uh get you prepared for week three very soon thanks everybody have a great one Thank you.